space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're here with the full crew. We've got Dr. Squee and Ambassador Nicola. Hello. Evening. How are you all doing? I'm doing good. Well, How are you guys doing? Oh, I mean, um, the pandemic raging through the country, going to second lockdown. Trump may get re-elected to President of the United States of America tomorrow. All good. How about you? Yeah, no, it's pretty good. And, you know, I don't know why you're worrying about this pandemic, because nothing needs doing about it until Thursday, so... Yeah, yeah, no problem. It's a, no problem. a little bit like the the Enterprise B, you know, nothing's nothing's arriving until... Yeah, they've the timed that nicely, haven't they? Let's start lockdown on bonfire night. Yeah, let's start it bonfire <laughs> night and let's... Uh, we need to take decisive action now on Thursday. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was great stuff. And, uh, yeah, for anyone who wasn't following the UK news, it was great because it got leaked to the press on Saturday. And then the government said... Oh no no, it's not it's not a leak because we're not gonna do that. Oh by the way, we're gonna have a press conference just as soon as the rugby finishes to tell you that we actually are going to be doing that. Yeah. So I mean what timing is that? Not only was there rugby, so that's the you know, some of the country already picked. It's on Halloween, so that's the rest of us drunk. And then they decided it's a good time to do a press conference about like uh, the lockdown. Yeah, what it was... kind of emotional state were we in for that? It, yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? It was a it was a happy Halloween, but um... at this rate, by the time we get to the thirtieth century, we'll still be in lockdown. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the the burn probably finished lockdown. It it took out dilithium and it took out COVID at the same time. Um, you think that was man made then the burn, so it would take out lockdown. Yeah, it's, I mean that's oh no, in fact man made at all. That's how we'll start then because Elliot came up with a theory just after last week's episode, and he did make a nice audio recording, but. I could not, for the life of me, get it to actually copy over into um, into the program we used to record. So, Elliot, take it away. Tell us your theory on the burn. Right, my theory is one letter. It's Q. <laughs> and I'm no, I'm actually basing this on a lot of bits and pieces that we've seen now. So, we know that we're in thirty-one eighty-eight. Yeah. We know the burn happened 100 years ago. We know Daniels from the Temporal Cold War was 3064. So we've got, we know straight after the Temporal Cold War that they dismantled all the time stuff. (laughs) We know that at the end of Next Generation, all good things, Hugh did say that we were still on trial. (laughs) We know that, um, and I was really annoyed about this, when they announced at the convention or the online convention that John DeLacy was appearing as Q on Lower Decks. And I think that may be a smoke screen for, for him being in Discovery. Mm-hmm. The dilithium hasn't stopped working. All that happened is that for one split second, all dilithium in all known space stopped working. So anything at warp blew up. Any dilithium that was left will still work, but everyone is scared to use it. In case it happens again. So I think this has been Q's way of saying, 
all this stuff you've done with the temporal cold war look at the messages of trying to cause you've been trying to wipe each other out of existence you are a barbaric race we've got to ground you all can i just check is john delacy any relation to john delancey same difference <laughs> is he wearing a three dress or something oh. we, we don't speak it in a french accent in in the north <laughs> <laughs> he's done the lazy down these parts and nobody will like it yeah when he comes here he's yeah patrick stewart will have called him john de lacy <laughs> yeah i can i can i can go with it i like a good theory and it does fit and it does make sense uh, one thing, though, it's not just if you're at warp. I think it's basically if your warp drive were turned on because the ones that we see explode this week were stationary. Well, I think that was more an abstract image because it's Bernard describing what's happened. I'll tell you it's as not a, an abstract. As opposed to something that's on a view screen. I think it's sort mm. of Burnham explaining all the ships blew up. Maybe. I, explaining it. I, I thought that was an, an image, not through a view screen, just like an image. Of I that. thought it was an image, but it could, it could well be like Michael's interpretive version yeah. of it. I'll tell you who it's not abstract for, which is Eagle Moss that make the little models, because the guy who's in charge of that were tweeting about two minutes later saying, don't worry, we've already got the CG assets. They'll be in the new collection coming next year. I also think I know, um, like, we have Buck with his large cat. Yes. And he's really insistent all the time that it's not a large cat, it's the Queen. Yeah. A Queen Q? No. Who was referred to as the Queen in Season 2 of Discovery? Um, the Queen? Um, yeah. Uh, from a planet oh, that yeah. has, has all the dilithium. So his Q uh, messed about with her and turned her into a cat. Sorry, who did you say? Who, who was the cat? Sorry, who was who was the queen? Paul. Uh, Paul. Sorry. Paul Tilly's friend. Oh, who Tilly's was, friend, right? Who was in the yeah. short trek? She was in the short oh, yeah. trek and then came in for the last well, thing, and she. The thing is, her planet is all dilithium. If Paul has been turned into a cat, she's having a really bad time because she's already been separated from Tinky Winky, Lala, and Dipsy, and then someone <laughs> comes along and turns her into and a cat. I've got further evidence. You saw that cat. It looked very po-faced to me. Ah, good one. Good one. But yeah, he is insistent she's a queen. Or it could be like um, Gary Seven's cat. That was a woman, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, you know, in the, the spin-off that never happened. But um, you never know. There could be a, a bigger thing going on. Or may, maybe well, My theory at the moment is that it's Q. And I think that they did the announcement for... Sh for um, lower decks as a smoke screen in case anybody had noticed him working on the Star Trek set that they could say, oh, he was just in for a voiceover. It could be. I suppose it depends if he'd have walked on set with his robes on that have been like, well, he's taking it a bit seriously for a, <laughs> a sound recording, but... If I may make a theory myself, I do think that at the end of this series, just the way they're saying up, something gives me the feeling that they're going to get to the end of it. They're going to discover about the burn, what caused it, and everything else. I reckon they're going to time travel back to stop the burn. Yeah, maybe. I'd, it, feels, I, it just feels like it. It does feel like it, but I'm kind of in two minds about that. I, I, I don't know if I want them to do that because it's too, it's too easy if you can keep hitting the reset button. Like they, I'm they not could have. 
I'm yeah, they, gonna... you know, they could have season four and everybody's turned into a dinosaur and they go, okay, we'll fix that at the end. And it, I just think it, well, I think it sets a dangerous precedent if you do that. I don't know if you guys watched the Umbrella Academy series too. Yes. But it just gets, and, and sorry, we will say spoiler alerts for not only this show, but also the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yeah. um, I, they did this thing of like, they had a whole series in the past and at the end, they made attachments and then they had to say goodbye to them to go back to their time. Mm-hmm. I think the same is going to happen. I think that a book, it's so painful, the storyline with Book and with um, um, Michael. Yeah. Like, I think by the end of the series, they're going to finally got it together just in time for her having to hop back in time. Maybe. So either he has to go with her or they have to sort of yeah, end their relationship. Yeah, it could be. But that would be another tragic romance for Michael. She knows how to pick yeah, up, don't she? I don't I think somehow they are going to have to send Discovery back in time <laughs> because we've got to fit Calypso into yeah. the story somehow. That Calypso spends a thousand years in a nebula waiting for the crew. Yeah. So we have to fit that in somehow. Yeah. But I, so I, I think Discovery will go back in time. Whether or not he'll have a skeleton crew on board that have to go back or not is a different matter. But the rest, the main ca- main crew members like Saru, Burnham, etc., will all stay in the thirty second century where they are. Yeah, and I wait can, for Discovery to come back. I can see that going. I could also see as a potential cause of the burns something to do with Michael's mum, because that's oh, that strand yeah, still still dangling somewhere. Um, I, I hope not. I hope that the burn hasn't got Burnham or family Burnham at the centre of it. Yes, so do I. Because because it's been it was family Burnham at the centre of the Red Angel. Yeah, it um, was. Elliot, so let's move past that. Little, Elliot, you already said about the little clues they're putting out there. You can't spell Burnham without Burn. You can. <laughs> you can. It's yeah. I, I saw people coming up with that theory. It's like surely they, <laughs> they wouldn't base the entire plot of a, a season on a pun, but you never know. They might do. I, I, I must admit, I would. But like, oh yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I, I hope that the they've grown enough now not to have to use Burnham as the cause of it. <laughs> yeah, so do I. But well, you like, know, it's obvious that it's obvious that discovery is going to be instrumental and Burnham instrumental in putting things right. Yeah. But I don't need them to have caught to have caused it as well or a mum to have caused it. No, but I suppose if they did cause it or inadvertently cause it, then that would give them good reason to go back and fix it. Rather than just we don't like this future, so let's start changing stuff. So I don't know. Uh but we'll we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, well, I just will talk about hair. <laughs> yeah, that's not a theory, though. Oh, God, right. No, when no. we start talking about the episode, she's a thing. Right, no, we, you guys can throw hair into it, because it is a theory. Okay, let's, let's go with hair. Hair. Okay. Now, I was sat there, and I was like, the first thing I said when I saw Michael on the screen was, I was like, there is no way she has grown <laughs> her hair that long in one year. You, I've been growing this hair for 20 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been like, there's a couple more inches on my hair. 20 I, years and hasn't grown any longer. Just say, I've been growing this hair for nearly 40 years. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I thought, last year I thought, I want to grow it a couple more inches. And I'm still trying to grow it. And I'm thinking, there is no way. And she's had it, obviously, um, is it braiding? She's had, uh, yeah, she had, the, she's um... had the braiding in. 
Always and if you have that, it shortens it anyway. So, so to have grown that amount of hair is no, she had she hasn't. And thirty <laughs> second, uh, thirty second hair follicle um, manipulators. That's true. The way, they showed it, the way they showed it did to be a natural growth thing, not an accelerate growth, which was my original kind of theory about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just feel, I mean, sorry, just to bring something up, which we talked about during the week. I made a joke on James's, uh, you put up for your wonderful anniversary, happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. You put up a um, picture of you from your, your wedding, like years ago. And I was like, uh, God, did, did James ever have hair? And the photo you nope. posted to prove that you did once have hair was of you when you're like ten. It's like was that the last time? Photo with a little bit of hair. Yeah, not no, not far off, not far off. When did I start shaving my head? Um, I, that was my thought. I had these silly thoughts, and it was just well, uh, maybe it, programmable it matter. She's had programmable matter extensions or just maybe extensions. Replicator hair came out. Who knows? Shaved right my hair, babe. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Mott's Mr. Mott's empires expanded, and he can do stuff. But you, you're right, Squeed, that they they do show it as this montage, as if that's happened normally. Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, which... that's right. I, I agree that they could have been like an accelerated growth. That was my initial thought, but that's yeah, it is pushing a point. <laughs> Whereas Booker's hair's exactly the same as when we saw him a year ago, so. Well, he's been in the 32nd century all his life, so he's already got the hair he wants. True, true. Yeah, and, and he had nothing to prove that, that a year had passed in plot yeah. wise. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we don't need a visual motif. Like, um, he could have grown a beard. That tends to be <laughs> how you show that time's yeah, passed with men. Nice and they, gr- yeah. they grow a beard, and then when they're coming back into action, they shave the beard off, and that shows that they're, they're ready for it. But, yeah, should we dig into this one a little bit then? So this is episode okay. three. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for the whole episode and every previous episode. And, in fact, all of Star Trek up to this point could come into this discussion and anything else. So spoiler <laughs> alert for anything. Yeah, we will spoil everything. I've already done Umbrella Academy. What other properties can we bring in? Well, <laughs> all I'll say is, you know, keep your eye on Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, a friend of mine actually went, and I I won't say what the twist is in case anyone's not seen The Sixth Sense, uh, but he'd read what the twist was and went into the cinema and this was like the first week it was played and after the first scene he shouted out what the ending was and everyone just thought, what a strange person. And then at the end everyone just turned around and were like, you and then said various words. Did, did someone get punched for doing that with the Avengers or something oh, like that? I think that? they did, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Yeah. And that was, you You guys don't know him, but Elliot knows, it was Andy who did that. Oh. So that won't surprise you. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me in any way, shape or form. In fact, I'm surprised he didn't actually make up a different ending. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> involving, involving him. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Um, I'll I'll tell you guys some Andy stories when we're off air at some point. You won't believe them, but uh, Andy, if you watch him, I'm sorry, um, but you you did do that when we went to see the Sixth Sense. Uh, okay, so Discovery season three, episode three, People of Earth, and this is written by and I apologise once again if I get any of my pronunciations wrong, Bo Young Kim and Erica Lippolt. 
who also, they're pretty good discovery writers, because I looked them up, it's, um, I think this is their first sort of steady writing gig on a show, uh, but they did, from season one, they did Into the Forest I Go, which was the mid-season finale, uh, where the Discovery does like the million jumps around the sarcophagus ship and all of that business, that was a good one. Uh, season two, they did the Sound of Thunder, which was the Saru one, where they go back to Saru's homeworld the first time. Yeah, yeah. And they did Through the Valley of Shadows, which was the Pike one, where he saw himself in the future, which was excellent. Oh, uh, strong episodes. So yeah, yeah very, very good writers, and they're coming back for this one. And then it's directed by a relative unknown called Jonathan Frakes. Never heard of him. Yeah, Never heard of him. No, he's Have you done anything on Star Trek previously. Nothing not of no. He's certainly yeah. not been in more more versions of Star Trek than any other actor. So <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting to see how he's going to get his cameo in Discovery. Yeah, he, he will. He will. He's going to turn up in the last episode and save the day because that's what happens in season finales <laughs> this year. On the deck on the Enterprise, what might happen in the future? Yeah, because they brought Lucas him back into the original series as well. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Um, so yeah, well, we've talked about the hair uh, and the the shots from the burn and everything. So that's we get. Yeah, I think what I will say is that. I was really pleased that they did all the flashbacks to Vernon <laughs> right at the start, and it was only about a minute, because that was one of yeah. my fears that we were going to have a heavy episode of that this week, yeah, and we didn't. So I'm thankful that they just did. It literally was a minute, two minutes. We yeah. got all the used for what she'd done for you. Yeah, I was happy with that, and it, it's good as a, a dramatic concept as well, because you've got hints throughout this episode where she's saying, oh, I've changed, and... This has happened that so I think we're gonna get little dribs and drabs of what's happened to her. Maybe not as flashbacks, but are gonna come through. Yeah. The only thing I really wanted was just one scene again with the guy with the budget cock. I love that guy. Like we were both <laughs> straight from the get go. I'm yeah. sure that we'll see him again. <laughs> well Nick, I looked it up. Apparently he's only listed as two uh, episodes. Yeah, so Atia. is it Ataya? It might be Ataya. Um, yeah, so he's on the uh, the uh, relay station. Yeah, and yeah. he sort of says to him, you know, do you, do you accept my mission, right? So I thought they were all going to go off mission together. Okay, it was great. We only saw a recap, but it's like he's just into thin air. There's no yeah, and uh, or he was supposed to be on a mission with them. And if you say he's only credited on two episodes, he is actually yeah. credited for this episode. Yeah, I noticed watching it back because I watched the second time. He is actually in the uh, quick. Like, you know her year in moment yeah he is in that of her talking to him he doesn't speak but so he's there as they go sometimes as more episodes get added to imdb they credit more episodes yeah so they do yeah but later. it would have been nice to know where he's gone because he's like suddenly i mean he was so invested in starfleet and he was so, i think he was so excited to see them not trying I think it was great as well. I'd have loved him. Yeah, yeah it'd be really I, harsh. I, I, think if, that, I think that we'll go back and see him again. I hope yeah. so, because if not, it's really harsh. Like, oh, yeah, thank you, you found the ship. And then they come back and the so what did you do? Oh, then we went to Earth. Like, you went to, and, and you didn't, and I've just been. So, yeah, that would be, that would be really bad if they didn't do something with that guy. Uh, but I think they will. And I think bit of a conspiracy if they don't because they're gone. I think you're right that they're probably adding credits to IMDb as they go because we 
we came a bit of a cropper of this when we were covering Picard because um, Jerry Ryan, I think they added as she went along. Yeah, uh, cause at first we were like, for like <clears throat> two episodes at first, and then yeah, it grew and grew literally weekly. Yeah, I mean she was. Oh yeah, it just. She was in all of them. Yeah, she was a season regular, really, but yeah. um, they tricked and, and us. This guy's, if that guy's called Atia, did you say? I think it's Atia. Atia Sahil. Now, I've heard he's a distant relative of Frank's as well. Obviously, Frank's an immortal time traveler who helps out every ship throughout know, <laughs> history and future. But um, yeah, I, I heard he was related to him. It could well be. We That's could see him. We could, we could see Frank in this timeline. You never know. But, oh, of course we're gonna. He's mean, gonna be there somewhere. Frank? Frank the spaceman. Yeah, Frank the spaceman yeah, who waves. They may have. Um, the Federation will have had to have taken him with them as like a mascot, but we'll we'll get to where the Federation have gone. And mm. um, so yeah, Michael's been working as a courier, and she has this sort of voiceover about you can still you can love someone and still let them go, and that that's gonna yeah. come into it a few times and. She's practicing her martial arts and she's hanging out with Booker. And so, yeah, all pretty sort of standard stuff that we've seen from that year. I it does think. set up a lot of Burnham melodrama. I, I could it do does. With just a degree less of that. And, yeah. Uh, when you. I'll, I'll let you get there. You go. Well, I have a theory on why the melodrama is played up quite as much as it is, but we're, we'll get to that. Burnham. Uh, well, yeah. But. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I think what's going to happen is this missing year, I think we're going to get a book or a comic that are going to plug this gap. I don't, I, I don't think it'll be essential to the understanding of the show, but it just feels to me like somebody somewhere is thinking, ah, a Michael and Booker novel to fill in the gap. Can we just, just break Nicholas on there? We, we slightly glazed over it. Sorry, Nicholas, no, say again. We did get Ah, uh, very good. Uh, very good. Took a while. I'll I like that now. That's that's a pun worthy of the whole season. <laughs> She's been taking a lot much time around me, you know. I'm gonna say, yeah. Uh... You appreciated it. So that's yeah. worrying. <laughs> no, Nick, Nick, Nicholas pun was pretty good. So yeah, some, some, <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I also come up with our uh, quiz name as well. See. Yeah. Yes, you spooky quiz. I pushed for you to get more points for that spook, spooky quiz name. Yeah. I was very impressed with that, but it yeah. had all gone to Chloe's head by that point, and she was just flinging out points left, right, and centre. <laughs> <laughs> um, Halloween said that Chloe and uh, was great. Yeah, it was. It was very nice to see everybody. Now, ah, see, I'm oh oh, I'm just on fire with these links now. So, speaking of seeing everybody, we get the big reunion scene. And this is you talking about the melodrama and stuff. I mentioned last week, I was saying, you know, we, we talked about would they have done this storyline had the pandemic not hit. And one of the things is they've been, this has been in the editing room basically since the start of the pandemic until now. And I wonder, with something like this, where you've got this big, long scene where everybody's hugging everybody, and this is a bunch of people who've not seen each other in a year, which is a well, situation well, a lot of us yeah, are in. Actually, all these people haven't seen Burnham for a few hours. Yes, but Burnham's not seen them for a year. <laughs> yeah, I've got a point about that. Yeah, because that was what, what struck me. I understand why they're doing Burnham. She's had a year there. It's possible with such a traumatic year and being thrown to the future, not knowing her crew's mm -hmm. there. It's, it's very easy to imagine that she's changed as much as she has. 
aside from the hair. But it's the rest of the crew. I did really yeah. great up against, especially how Tilly was going. It's like, I have this image, which I keep on picturing, of you blowing on Dandelion, like you're letting us go. It's like, when did you imagine this? Yeah, when... Day in the future? Yeah. You've been busy in that day. There haven't, yeah. haven't been gone that long. Yeah. There weren't even on that ice planet a day. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you I, say, I yeah. I took it as they were glad she wasn't dead. Yes. And I think also... Yeah, I'm fine that they're happy that she wasn't dead, but they played it as if they'd missed her. Yes. Yeah. I I think you can kind of justify it in that, um, aside from the ice planet and everything, just before that, they had the mother of all battles with Section 31 and the Red Angel, and they were worried the whole universe were going to be destroyed. So they've gone through a lot of trauma, even in a, a relatively oh, short it, space it, of time. It, like, they've had a really rough day. But, you're right, it was... It <laughs> felt... Let's remember this. From the Discovery Crew's point of view, they've had a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so what, no, I, what I, agree, I was wondering... I, I just think that it's the dialogue of it, where she says about yeah. the metaphor with the dandelion, there's no fucking way that she's having time to think that. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I kept getting this image when I was walking with Saru through the ice. <laughs> I had the image when I got to the saloon yeah, and the cowboy right. came in. I saw this guy yeah. with a questionable mullet and I had that image of you and the dandelion once again. And yeah. then like, you were back. Like, let's be fair. From the start of the battle with Control to the point where they meet Burnham again is... Isn't when we're talking probably half a day, maybe? Yeah, I mean, we're not talking a long, long time. No, I mean, realistically, you don't, after a day, you don't miss somebody. Yeah, I was all played. I, you know, I, I've left people for longer to go to the loo and <laughs> not have this kind of reaction when I return, you but when came back, <laughs> yeah, well, see, this is this is what I'm wondering is. In the time they've had to edit this, are they anticipating basically everyone in the world who's going to be watching this has probably been separated from their loved ones for around a year and maybe there's something cathartic in seeing this reunion and it makes me wonder that in the editing of the episodes, have they played up certain things and, you know, reacting to the world around them. Obviously, they can't drastically restructure the season, but they could go, you know what, Let, let's give someone a, a nice moment with everybody reuniting. But do you mean then that comes across as let's rub it in because none of you lot can cuddle anyone? Well, it could do. It could do. <laughs> I do understand what you're saying, James, but to me, it's just it's the dialogue of it. It's not the moment of it. I don't mind... Yeah. Sure, after them thinking that possibly Michael might have got killed in this, you know, and everything that happened, then be separated even for a day under such traumatic circumstances. They could be that happy to see her, but it's the lines of it of like blowing the dandelion. Yeah, Which that is. Someone with little white no, things. Dandelions yeah. No, dandelions are a lot of white things you blow on and they go everywhere. Are they both dandelions? Don't you have the little yeah. white thing? I mean, she's talking about the one that you blow, isn't she? But. Yeah, but dandelions yeah. are also the yellow things that. If you touch them, they make you wee the bed. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe... Maybe Tilly... Don't pick them or you'll wee the bed. Maybe Tilly's peed the bed and that's why she's having this image of Michael and who knows. 
But then, to me, I, it's also the fact that they all use the phrase, you let go of me or I let go of you. Yeah. Because Ruth, um, Burnham and Tilly all use that exact same phrase, like they've been looking at the script for each other. Yeah, it's, and it's, the... It's, um... The illusion to me. Michael said twice in the truest sense of the word she was like I found a friend in the truest sense of the word and she said Saru you're a captain in the truest sense of the word and oh, it's yeah, don't even tell me on that like <laughs> Saru he, he's the first officer of course he's the bloody captain Why yeah that yeah <laughs> that was I mean it, it it should be Saru and it is Saru and it's good that Michael doesn't try and challenge that in any way um, but but yeah, it, it, obviously it's Saru, and I think Saru's been extremely gracious going to Michael. We need to have a discussion because they really don't. <laughs> just... no, I mean, she yeah, just like... made up to the, the rank she was because uh, Lorca took her. She's really been busted down in rank. So like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. First officer is a little bit of an insult to a group member. Saru's we'll been. Saru's been in line, ready for it for for ages, and he's the right captain, and I'm glad he's the captain. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what made me laugh though at that point, and I think I mentioned it was the fact that when he said, "Should we go and have a chat?" She'd assumed it was about him handing over captaincy. I said, "Wouldn't it be funny if she'd have said no?" You know, blah, and he went, "Well, no, I was just gonna say something else." Did you want a coffee? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the there was Not never. I was quite happy here that they didn't belabor this because there has been. A lot of stuff on the internet and speculation of who's going to be the captain, and it's been played up quite a lot. Yeah, and I'm glad that they just did it in a couple of lines and it was over and done with. Yeah, that we it, didn't get this all dragged out of oh, it should be me, no, it should be me, or yeah, it didn't need any more than yeah. than what they gave to it. I agree. So I was quite, I was, I was, I was fine with this how they did it. That Saru was off to talk about it. No, you're the captain. That. The whole thing is done and dusted. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm happy with that. And yeah. uh, Michael gives sort of a, a briefing on the burn and everything, like she stood on the, the bridge telling everybody. And I noticed, like, Detmer looks even more shocked than everyone else and asks how many died. And I think this is very sort of subtly weaving in this idea that maybe she's got PTSD. And so I like what they're doing with that particular arc because they're not overdoing it they're touching on it it's clear something's wrong with her and we're yeah. obviously going to get a payoff to that at some point so i'm liking What's what they're doing with that, that no like we saw um calder last week and he noticed something was wrong with her when she left sick bay mm -hmm. and i can't remember the name of the new security officer but she looked like she noticed something was wrong with her so why have none of these put it in reports that yeah, she's been passed from sick bed that she hasn't got a concussion or whatever. But there, we can see that there's something wrong with her. We need to, she needs relieving yeah. of duty. We need further study on her to find out what's wrong. And I'll be interested to see if it is PTSD or if it's something a bit more like, are they suggesting that something happened to her, maybe through her implants, yeah. through going through time? But I like the PTSD yeah. storyline yeah. as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Both could be yeah, I think just judging from... Uh, the publicity stills and stuff that have come out for next week, I think we're going to get this dealt with a bit more directly next week. So we'll we'll see how this one pans out. We see we see like the ship getting repaired, and you get the little worker bees and stuff like that. So that's all good fun. And yeah. I think Jonathan Frakes is particularly good among the Discovery directors for at 
actually giving us like hero shots of the ship. Like it, one of the things that really frustrated me in season one was that the camera just never lingered on the ship. And I'm not saying we need a motion picture style 10 minute flyby every episode. <laughs> But, like they parodied in uh, Lower Deck. Exactly. Like but I want to see the ship and I want to see what it looks like. I yeah. don't just want to see a little corner to, of it. To be fair, there was like season one, um, round two, uh, released a model. There's a lot of you know I build models. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot, of the, the lot, a lot of the modeling community was actually quite annoyed because they were finding it really hard to get stills and close-ups yeah. of how the paintwork on the district made. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was like... to do freeze frames and they'd look a bit blurry and... Yeah, it was... They were obviously going for, we're filming this different to how we usually film Star Trek, which is fine, but I like to have a good shot of the ship to... It, it orients you to know what your ship but, looks like. like. Well, that's it. Like, <laughs> the show is named after the after the ship yeah and the ship is a, is one of the stars it is one of the one of our characters exactly and so, that's been a tradition of star trek yeah i would i would argue especially in this one like this ship yeah, is, yeah. is such a unique ship which is like uh, beyond high tech for its time and now even in the future it's got something the rest of the universe hasn't yeah. so i'd yeah. say it's especially a star guys. and i think freaks is really good at it he's still doing it within the visual style of discovery like we're not having the same sort of static shots that we used to get in TNG and Voyager, but he is letting us see the ship and letting us see it from cool angles. There's a particularly great shot where it's flying into Earth and you, you see the ship going towards the planet and everything. And I noticed this in the previous episode he's directed. He he does do this, and I think he's got a really good eye for the, the space sequences, so... It'll do well, that lad. It'll do well. He should probably direct a bit more Star Trek, see how he gets on. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's tried acting at all. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. We'd have to keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Uh, and then we get your, your scene with Michael and Tilly and the, the dandelion and everything. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, to me. It's yeah. odd. I think they wanted to give us something. But it's... I, I think you're right that it's being done because of what we're all going through in the world and what it's going to be like when we finally can see all yeah. our friends and family yeah. and loved ones. And... Is that how you're thinking about James Elliot then? What, <laughs> blowing the dandelion? <laughs> That's it, yeah, we're all having these weird flower... Mind actually does this tie in because at the end of this episode we find out that Tilly is literally a tree hugger. So uh, maybe she's yeah. just going a bit, you know, getting into nature and... Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there were a few lines like that. It's like, I want to return to Earth because I just want to see something the same as how I left it. And they, of course, have the one thing. It's just a bit too... Um, see, I quite, pretty. I quite liked uh, that. I thought that was... Yeah, I think this shows what a great job Boothby did of looking after them gardens. Absolutely. <laughs> He's probably still <laughs> there, Boothby. And it cause does, doesn't Picard talk about an oak tree? Yeah, yeah, I so think that is the tree which has been that mentioned. Is the tree. I think yeah, I think it's the same tree. See, I yeah. I didn't equate that with the tree. I thought when she's talking about you know something that we'll recognise, I thought that was what the shot of the Golden Gate Bridge right at the end was meant to do. 
Yeah, it was, it was meant know, to be. I can do with the tree because you asked for one thing, and the thing they all recognize, all studied. Yeah, that. I yeah. think I, I love the show of the Golden Gate Bridge and everything. I think, yeah, yeah I, I think I, what's happened is I've missed what they were trying to do. Um, whereas you've picked up on it, and it's not been as good for you because I got the Golden Gate Bridge, and I was like, oh, that's what they've done really subtly. Um, so I think I enjoyed it more by being a little bit stupid this time. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's all open to interpretation. It is. Uh, can, I, can I ask one question before we speak? Because the next bit is basically when they jump to Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have they ever covered, and maybe I've just forgotten about it from last series, have they ever covered why Stamet can jump between plants without any ill effects now? Because I thought he was still affected by the drive. And he's only just recovered, really. Yeah, I, I, so... why can he do that now? I think they did sort this out in yeah, season two. I think they out. It was because there was something nasty in the mycelial network that was represented by that person who kept appearing to Tilly. And they got it out of the mycelial network. They sorted it out. Right. Okay. Something I've just missed. Also, can I just need on from Stamets? I'm loving, uh, because I haven't done this for a couple of weeks, and you've probably discussed her already, (laughs) Jet and their relationship. Um, the engineer that he's working with. Yes, oh, yeah, he's um, awesome. awesome. Oh, I'm loving her. I think she's brilliant. I just like. Yeah, yeah, she's she reminds me of Bones a lot. Yeah, like her attitude. Yeah. And great this... one between her and Stamets. Oh, I yeah. love it. I think they, it's brilliant. They seem to be doing this thing of pairing Stamets with interesting people, which we'll yeah. we'll get to later in this episode. But he's got another foil. Um, yeah. The, there's a good scene with Giorgio having a chat with Buck, almost what are your intentions towards my daughter kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which she yeah. is the last person you want to ask that. Oh, I must mention while we're, while we're on this, um, I was on a, a Star Trek Facebook group during the week and people were talking about last week's episode. And this guy went on and he said, it's, it was obviously someone who really hates Discovery and, you know, will pick up on anything and say they hate it. Uh, but he said the the fight in the saloon was just ridiculous. So it's completely unrealistic. A ninety pound woman could not beat up that many guys. It's ludicrous. And it was just like, do you know who that woman is? Do you know who <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is? She would yeah. absolutely well, wipe the floor. Michelle Yeoh probably act- could do that in real life. Yeah, she yeah. would wipe the floor <laughs> with you and all your mates. Michelle Yeeoh could actually do that. Have you seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? That woman can defy yes. gravity when she Absolutely. wants to. Absolutely. <laughs> like huge her. men. I, yeah. Oh, she's awesome. I yeah. think she's. I think she's fantastic, and I think she'd kick this guy on Facebook's ass if she <laughs> felt inclined to do so. <laughs> I just wish they'd basically just gone. It's like, what are your intentions towards my daughter? Well, we boned during the year. Done. No, well, they won't. They. We've had sex for. She says that they haven't, but I'm not convinced they haven't. I think they haven't, but I just wish they had. I just wish they just... I, I and it was out of the way like, and it wasn't so going to be a will the walk there all season. Yeah, yeah, we've had so many things these and the mystery boxes which are appropriate to like what they're doing. We don't need this one. So we'll yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, we don't no. need a... Se- like I said, we don't need a season of Will the water? Yeah, they were together for a year and they got it on. I, What's yeah. the big deal? I think the way they're both playing it and they've got very good chemistry with each other, but the way it comes across is this is two people who have slept with each other. You know, the, there's something about the energy between them 
yeah. that if you I, met I, them I, two, you'd be like, them two are doing it. I agree with you, James, but I think the writers haven't written like I wish they had written it that way. I, I still think the writers are, are supposing that they haven't, but I think you're right. Logic dictates they have just basically by their natural chemistry and everything else. Yeah. And actually, if if they haven't, and they look like they're a good couple together, so what's the problem with them? Well, yeah. Grown ups. Yeah. Why not? Well, why not? Exactly. exactly. Something to do, isn't it, in the dark? Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no dilithium around. What are you gonna do? But, exactly. Half the time. Uh, also, call out. Minutes is a long time. Call out to Buck for being only the second Star Trek character, to my knowledge, to use the word bollocks. So, oh, I love that. Well played. Who was the first one? Chief O'Brien. Um, you know, in the episode yeah. where Molly disappears down a hole and turns into a cave girl. Oh yeah. Which you probably want to forget that episode, but that episode does exist. Uh, there's a bit where he's trying to get a machine to work to bring her back, and it all blows up, and he goes, ah, bollocks. Although, James, I, I have worked many years, long and hard, and I had to go on that. Now I'm going to go back into therapy. Thank yep. you. No, it's a, it's a great episode. It's a, I misremembered that episode so badly that I thought Molly didn't, they didn't get the original Molly back in that episode. I thought she were gone. And then the next episode she's actually in is the finale, and I was like, what? Molly's... where?" Um, so, yeah, weird one. Um, yeah, so, book, dilithium. Yeah, they're going to use book ship to cloak the dilithium. This is the thing. So they... Like, well, the, she's giving him what she promised him, some dilithium, isn't she, for yeah. getting the back? And yeah. he's shocked at how much dilithium he's on board. Discovery. Oh, yeah, he's like, fair, this is... To be fair, it actually looks like Discovery has a lot more dilithium than we used to seeing on Starships. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. so. How they're, uh, you know, it's such an experimental future. Yeah. Future. Well, that's what I was thinking, is it because it's experimental yeah. ship and that, that yeah. they have these... Yeah, and I suppose it was kind of a black ops ship, so you can't really roll up into a port and go, we need a refill of dilithium, so maybe... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did think... Are, are we covering them jumping to Earth now? Yeah, we're at, we're at the jump to Earth. Because one thing which I thought, finally, like someone suggests, I believe it's... Is it Tilly says, like, why don't we jump just outside of Earth's atmosphere? Yeah. Yeah, and they, they do that, and I'm thinking, great, Finally, they, they're listening to common sense. They're not just rushing in blindly, which they've done in the first two episodes. Great, at last. And then they jump in just outside of Earth, and then they just go straight in at like well, normal they, speed. No, they, the game way straight away. They were just outside Jupiter. They started at, because you see a shot of, oh no, Saturn, sorry. Saturn's got the rings. Um, so you do see a shot of Saturn, so they've, they've jumped a little bit outside. Yeah, and that's in the solar system for a start, which I would have thought would be <laughs> within Earth's scanning range. You'd and have then thought suddenly, so. within like seconds, they just go to Earth, which they've already said, like you know, which they say later on in the episode. Well, your um, the speed at which you came into atmosphere would tell me that you're lying about having uh, dilithium. 
So I, it's bollocks. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> like finally they do something sensible and then they undo it by traveling at normal speeds to get to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the not the best thought out thing, really. Yeah, but... it, it just annoyed me because finally that's what I've been asking for for the last two episodes is like for them to actually not rush into anything. They don't know the lay of the land. Take it easy. They finally do that and then they undo it straight away. Yeah, you'd think they'd be like, let's jump into this nebula that we know there's nothing there and then we can we can emerge through that and... yeah, we, can, we can use our senses and <coughs> let's see what's happening in the solar system is the yeah. federation there is it all off to be okay yeah yeah, yeah that would have made more sense I mean it's one of those isn't it that it had hold the plot up but it would only need a few lines of dialogue to, to cover you it don't yeah. too much. a couple of lines can say a lot you yeah. just have to have them, like what they call them, a guffin in T-shirt. Just something which like. To be fair, it. though, they are acting on the on a signal that was picked up from Earth, and we know yeah. already that long distance communication is difficult in this time period. So there's a there's a message from 12 years previous of an admiral calling for Starfleet vessels, Federation yeah. vessels, to return to Earth. Yeah. So they have reason to believe that the Federation is still. Operational, sure. yeah, they do, but they don't know what state the federation is. If the federation is still to the power of good, or if they, like well, I think that the I think that they'd automatically assume that the federation is still the federation. They do. Um, I'm not buying the cover story that they come up with. We're, well, we'll say we're the descendants of yeah, we're a generational shift. The, yeah, oh, right. where's the where's the kids? How <laughs> come you're all? How come you're all roughly the same age? Well, you should have like old men and old women and little children running yeah. about. Well, no, no, we're no, no. generation, and we age really well. Yeah, so <laughs> what they do is they they said we were a strictly two generational ship. <laughs> so we we had another generation, and then we've got a bit of a Logan's Run thing going on to get rid of the old people, and <laughs> then we thought, well, there's no point having more they kids. They're actually remaking that, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, there's a new series um, in pre-production. Um, the guy who's writing the new Battlestar Galactica series. Right. He's also writing the new Logan's Run series. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there. I much as I'm happy for them to do a remake of Logan's Run, I do not think that at this point in time we need a show about people who die once they get past a certain age. I well, think that might well, that hit depends. home they, a little are bit. A, are they remaking the movie or are they remaking the TV series? I don't know. Because the TV series is based after his escape from like, the city, and then you have people who are normal and they don't all follow this. Yeah. Um, is it 29 that they've got to kill themselves at? Something like that. I can't, yeah. What? I, I just love the idea. That, and uh, he had to, like, like, I remember watching it as a kid. So, and I've only probably been eight or nine at the time when it was on TV. But I remember that they had this really cool tank. Uh, they also had a robot with them. And can't I can't remember. remember a lot more than that. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, Jim, I do love your idea that uh, it's a two-generational ship, only two generations at a time. Can... Really sorry, the old generation just died off. We haven't had time to make the babies yet. Yeah. We're very strict about this too. Yeah, it, it is a bit... It is, it's sort of like, where are all the kids and all that? Like, we saw in E2, didn't we? When the 
in Enterprise when they run into like yeah, yeah. themselves as a generational ship. They are kids on board, there's old people on board, and that's what would happen. And would yeah. it be like a lucky dip of who you partner off? Yeah. You, yeah, you, it's... you pull out the hat. If your name's Reed, you're not coming in. <laughs> yeah. And don't ask why I'm the only one of my race sets, even though, like, obviously, to have lived this long, I would have had an interbred. Yeah, <laughs> D- Discovery's got a fairly small crew, so it's, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think it stands up to a lot of scrutiny, this story, but <laughs> that's what they decide to go with. I like that Giorgio goes, right, I'm being an admiral, so yeah. <laughs> she gets the admiral's uniform. I outrank you all. <laughs> and there's a nice little scene with her and Michael where Giorgio sort of seems to have got the measure of what's going on with Michael. She's like, now that you're used to taking orders from yourself, you're not as comfortable going back into your role in Starfleet and there is a bit where the first time someone calls Michael Commander she sort of bristles a little bit at it and so I think that's that's interesting and I think that yeah, is going like to be explored. I, I like it my only feeling is they, they are setting up a lot with a series which has got 13 episodes in it. Yeah. So it's, it's time they can land like, all these things. How long was in custody um, sort of after the Vulcan helped is it the Vul- after the Vulcan, Vulcan Hello? I can't before remember. We get boarding Discovery. Was it? I'm sure that there's a few years dis- difference in it. It was a while, yeah. So she has had times where she's been cut off and gone straight back into Starfleet, no problem. So uh, why I, is this year different from previously? I think the reason why this year's different is because she's in a whole completely new world, yeah. alien to her, and she's got to survive. And I think that's what's she... yeah. She's uh, what not... about all the Vulcan training and all that? Is she no longer Vulcan? <laughs> no, but like I, I think the idea is the, the through the previous series they sort of unvulcanized her. That's yeah. the idea. She's yeah, humanity, and now she has. She then finds herself in and... a completely new world without our Vulcan training to go back on as much because it's been sort of undone by being around humanity more. Until he comments as well, like, you seem lighter somehow, and that is evident in Sonequa Martin-Green's performance as well. This does yeah, seem like she, a lighter I, I Michael. I've her performance this year. She's, she's got a smile, she's laughing. And... and has she lightened up because she's had this relationship, which is a discreet relationship? I, I think Tilly also said, uh, I think you're lighter like a ghost, because I had this image of you for a ghost <laughs> the last day. Oh, it's rattled your cage, that, hasn't it? <laughs> But, right, so we get, we meet the, the Earth Defence Force people. So they arrive at Earth, Earth gets all these shields that come up, and that put me in mind of Highlander 2, which is not something yeah. you want to be reminded of at any point, really. Um, obviously Highlander 2, the Renegade edition, where they, they colour the shield blue rather than orange, because that is how you make a terrible film good, by changing the... <laughs> The lighting gives us slightly. Um, see also Zack Snyder's Justice League. That seems to be what he's doing with that. We'll just change the colour. Actually, I shouldn't talk about changing the colour palettes. There's a big hoo-ha about that at the minute, isn't there? So we'll we'll brush past that. Um, but um, yeah, so the shields go up on Earth and we find out that Earth is no longer a member of the Federation. It's now governed by this United Earth Defence Force thing, which sounds very Buck Rogers-y. And yeah. That you talked about this in previous weeks, Squee, that you were, you know, worried about the idea of there not being a federation, and this sort of—I well, felt this really drove that home that Earth isn't part of it anymore. Well, 
I, I, I thought this was um, actually quite refreshing from Star Trek that Earth isn't this for years all our Star Trek Earth has been the centre of the Federation but the Federation is a Federation of Planets so yeah. does it need Earth to be the centre of the universe it's not whether or not it needs it it's whether or not I need it or like we are still told here that the Federation still exists Yeah, but Earth has Earth, Earth has left it. I think the beautiful thing about it always was Gene Roddenberry's uh, vision was for like not only all the peoples of Earth, but peoples around the galaxy just came together as one. But Earth was the focal <laughs> point because it meant we could see ourselves in a better light. So leaving yeah. Earth from the Federation, it sort of feels like the Federation's abandoned. I get their like logic within the show of the idea that uh, Earth's trying to protect, like the Federation's trying to protect Earth by moving off Earth. But then doesn't what the uh, Discovery does, doesn't that undo that by them getting involved and then thus putting another target on the Earth back? Um, I think that what's that Earth has like, left the Federation literally through it's being forced on them because they've been cut off, they can't get around, or they didn't get around for my reasons I've given with dilithium. Dilithium stopped working for a, couple of, for a split second, but it works fine now. But everybody is scared that it'll happen again. So they're scared to be warping around all over. So Earth has, has found itself. All the technology, everything on the planet is fine. There's no problems. They've still got all the dilithium stores. They've got methods that they could build starships and go all over. But they're scared to go, go traveling. Everyone's scared to use warp drive in case this happens again mm. because they don't know why it happened. Which all makes sense to why the Federation can't return to Earth, but it's the fact they left in the first place. It was already there. Like, why I, leave it? Doesn't it surely put more of a target on the Earth's back without being defended without the Federation? Like, the Earth obviously had to build up this defense, which is based on whatever the Federation left plus whatever they've mulled together in the meantime. And they are a target, they are getting a time order. I don't think it's that the Federation left. I think it's that the Federation weren't there anymore. So what, no, the what there was on Earth has gone, well, we can't communicate with any of the rest of the Federation. So they've literally just gone, well, we're on our own. So They, they literally did say that Earth left the Federation, the Federation left Earth. And they, they are. Yeah, to take a target off its back. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think everybody, I think all you guys have made really good points on it, but... I, I'm on your side with this one, Squee. I, I want this to be a very short-lived thing. I want Earth back in the Federation by the end of this season. I don't want it to be... And I well, think that'll lead to a really big cathartic moment as well when it's, right, the Federation's big enough again now. We've got the spore drive. We can get places. Welcome back home, Earth. You know, And I, I think that'll be lovely, but... Yeah, this well, one I think that's felt going like to be a, a lot kick. of this season is going to be rebuilding and reconnecting. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Sure, I mean, what they do I, here... I think, it's, I, think, I think what we've got is, like, the first episode we saw Burnham arriving in the future. Second episode we saw Discovery arriving in the future. A minute of them reconnecting with each other out of the way very quickly. This episode we're finding out that the problems with the Federation are more, more than what we thought. And that it is all broken up and separated and what we thought were core worlds of the Federation and now independent nations, as it were. And a lot of this season is going to be 
reuniting and reconnecting all these nations and getting all the good of the Federation back. And it's going to be really uplifting us. Oh, this is what I'm hoping that it's going to be really I, uplifting watching I, this happen. I totally get what you're saying. And for me, like, uh, it sounds like you're paying a better exit. <laughs> but uh, like, that's another thing. But to me, I don't know. It just it does feel to me straight off the bat. And it's like, I won't lie. There is some knee jerk to my reaction. I won't lie about it. But it does feel like the Earth has been abandoned by the Federation. I hate the thought of that. That feels wrong to me as a Star Trek. And I, I'm not going to lie about it. Like, given everything that's happening in the world, that does make me feel a bit more sensitive to this stuff. It makes me, I've always said to people, like, just remember, it's a TV show. It's harder to remember that in times when you feel the yeah. need to, to I think lean on To be things. embraced by familiarity and... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what we need right now. So this is a, a tougher one than it would usually would be. But it's got to make you feel like that at times, otherwise it would just be... Yeah, I mean, what, what we see in this episode is essentially, it's almost like they're doing Star Trek by numbers. Like, this is how they built the Federation. This is how we're rebuilding. By one mission, by Saru uh, taking on these marauders, bringing them to the table, having yeah. a little peace treaty. Yeah. And this is what Starfleet does. And I do love that, but I hate the reason why it's necessary. I love what they do, but I hate why they have to. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. thing. I think, I, I think it's all like they're trying to build up how devastating for the whole galaxy the yeah. burn has been, that and it has literally broken apart something that we thought was a core fundamental yeah. there forever with the Federation. I'm happy but with all of that. But yeah, and I think the fixing it is going to be great, but it did just feel like a bit of a kick in the guts that Earth isn't part of it. And, yeah. and I don't think that was necessarily given the reverence it deserved. That That's a big revelation. And... I know there's a lot going on in the episode, and like you say, the story of the Raiders and everything is a very simple Star Trek story with a good outcome to it, and yeah, they can work together, and that's great. But yeah, the revelation that Earth isn't part of the Federation was a bit of a shocker, and I feel like it could have had a bit more done with it. So the essentially, like <clears throat> the the crew are our um, our emotional reaction on the screen. Yeah. If they had had more of a moment to react to it, as you're suggesting, that would have yeah played a bit nicer for me. No, I agree. And the other major thing in the episode then is that we meet the new character Adira. So before we get into this, I just want to put out that we obviously were not trying to misgender anyone or anything like that. The actor who plays Adira is non-binary. And we will refer to them as they, them, which is their preference. However, the character so far has been described as she and been described as female. I don't I think... they mentioned a gender. The, the, no, they did. And I think this is going to be part of this character's story. And I don't think it uh, that the character will stay defined as female. But just so that everyone's aware that if we refer to she, we're talking about the character and we are absolutely not trying to misgender anybody with it we're yeah. just going with what we know of the program at on the screen. moment also if we fuck up and we say the wrong thing we're not doing it on purpose we will try yeah. and keep the correct pronouns <coughs> if we mess up we're just human that's all it is we're not absolutely misgendering anybody. no absolutely so adira 16 year old super genius wesley crusher vibes a little bit there <laughs> <laughs> I did like the fact that she was a bit quirky, you know, the character was a bit quirky. I think there was a definite thing whereby, yeah, as you say, I get the feeling the setup with being a human with a trill inside the Yeah, that's interesting. That going to lead to them, because they did bill it as the first 
non-binary character, not yes, just they did. Uh, actor. So I think you're right that that's like there's a clear path to that, and I think yeah. it's a nice way in the best Star Trek tradition they love to use a metaphor to describe something. So they love to use like the um, in the original series where you've got the guys black half yeah, face, yeah. white half face, and then the other side round to take it from racism. I think this in the same way is going to educate us on non-binary issues without being on the nose to in your eyes. face. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna do a metaphor to describe it. I think to then make it a bit more palatable to who need to come up to speed with the modern yeah, that people find that hard to swallow. Which I think they need to grow up and get with us. But I think yeah. it makes it easier for them to get there. That was one thing that I thought with this, and I appreciate that I'm speaking about this as a cisgender man. So you know, I am a world apart from a lot of this, but. It, my worry was that they are going to do it as the metaphor because Trills are practically non-binary anyway because they've got all these different memories yeah. and everything within them. And, you know, this is Star Trek. This is not... You know, this is something that has operated on a, a higher level in terms of diversity and representation anyway. And I almost feel like making this character a Trill detracts in a way from the non-binary experience because it it's giving an in-universe reason or potentially we don't know where the story's going to go but like you said there's an easy path you can see to this and if it's that this character is non-binary because they've got all the different trill memories and everything i think that in a way takes away from the fact that people can be non-binary without having a trill symbiont in them and oh, you think because it like gives them a reason of why yeah and i don't think we yeah. i don't think we, we don't need, need to be reason, yeah we don't need yeah. to be telling the story that there is a reason for this yeah there of course there's a reason for it because it's life and life's diverse you know but having said that i have faith in the writers to deal with it in a way that's appropriate and i have faith that the actor wouldn't have taken on this role if they felt that it was in any way downplaying it or not dealing with it the sensitivity it deserves that was just my initial knee-jerk reaction to oh right they've made the non-binary character a trill that just seems a little bit too potentially too neat for want of a better word yeah but this is the first time we've met the character and realistically we have no idea what where we're going to go with this so i do want to see how it turns out but yeah the concept of a human with a trill symbiont is interesting yeah, and, well, technology has obviously moved on because when yeah. we saw this in the next generation, I can't remember the name of the episode. Oh, the host. Saw the drill. Sorry, what was it? The host yeah, was the name of the episode. Right, but where the drill gets put into Riker, it can only carry a drill for a matter of days or a week yeah. or so before it'll kill him. Maybe we'll because... find out that this is slowly killing. Maybe that, or you know, it um, could well, be. I, I, I'm I'm assuming that uh, medical technology has moved on, so That's she can that. carry the symptoms. And but also, she she's not connecting in the way that a trill would would. The trill, the trill joining committee were a bunch of scummy liars anyway, because they said that hardly anybody on trill could be a host, and that was a load of rubbish. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, well, we did I actually just... see on screen that Riker was in pretty bad shape. Yeah, but that was diagnosed yeah. by Dr. Crusher, and she's been known to... <laughs> I, 
I just think I, I do tell affairs with candles. <laughs> <laughs> I totally take your point, Jade. It's just for me, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sort of in two minds because I totally get what you're saying. That did occur to me as well. I don't want to push you out on what is a really powerful uh, character for a lot of people who don't feel represented. On the other hand, I do also love the fact that Star Trek has also been a guiding light for helping explain these issues, which some people, they shouldn't need to explain. However, I think it moves the debate along by normalizing it. So yeah, yeah. through this way of like, look, if you can see this character who is non-binary, even if they're a trill, surely you can accept it in the real world. Yeah. And it sometimes uses that little bit of distance to give people perspective. So like, again, though, I don't want to insult anyone. I don't want to feel like some experience has to be explained away through an alien. However, that's kind of what Star Trek's always done. Oh, like, yeah. you know, as I say, the half black face, half white face, and then them being on the other side. Yeah. Was, was a total lampoon of those people who didn't get it, but it also helped show how silly that was. And I think it well, showed how stupid racism is. Yeah, exactly. Based on the color, and this could show how stupid bigotry towards people who are non-gendered is. Yeah, absolutely. Have, I mean, Starfleet have a whole crew that are made up of all different planets, races. You know, so it's yeah. always had that. You know, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out. And as I say, I've got confidence in the writers and confidence in the actor. So it, it's just going to be interesting to see where, where they go with this character. Star Trek are good enough not to force it down your throat. Yeah. It's a non-binary character, but they're also clever enough to show it's a non-binary clever binary character. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and think, I, I have faith that... That will do a good job of handling no, really well. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps another metaphor for it is the um, well, it wasn't as it turns out the first interracial as uh, quizzes have proved. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the, the interracial quiz they had in the original series that was done by someone taking over their minds. It wasn't done yeah. by choice. However, it showed it happening, which was it, which yeah. made it as it should be, just part of daily life. So it, it's absolutely, got yeah. It's... They did try to film it as well, didn't they? Without them having the kids. Oh yeah. And, and William Shatner deliberately ruined every take without yeah. them yeah. having the kiss, so they had to show them uh, that, having the kiss I mean, on I'd screen. Like to do I'd like to think Shatner was doing it for right own reasons. I think he just wanted to get it on with the horror. Oh, yeah, most I, likely. I, I think he was doing it for the right reasons. I know, it's King. <laughs> yeah. Ian's just expressing what his reasons would be. <laughs> yeah. For two reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, but mainly the one. With Adira, then, this does sort of tie back to what we said about Stamets. Like, they seem to be building up a relationship there. And Stamets seems to almost take her under his wing. Like, he, he tells her... Because at the, at the time, they're still going with... Yeah, they're still going with this rubbish story about being a generational ship. And he's like, no, 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 here we are. This is what it is. This is what we're doing. Yeah, I was not sure about this. But you're up to something as well. He's throwing her, but like now, the idea that he tells her everything straight up the Yeah, yeah. I think he's made a... And rightly so, because she's asked to join them. And I think he was just intuitive enough to realise that he could trust her. See, that's the thing you can say, is that he has got this kind of sight beyond sight why Cillian Network has given him. Yeah. If they're saying that's why, fine. If he's just like... Oh, well, she seems pretty brainy. I know. I'll tell her everything. It's No, I it. think that he's been intuitive enough to realise that. No, he can trust the hero. Yeah. I don't think he's been really slack. He definitely he's... sees something in her because this is yeah. unlike Stamets and, to and take that, to someone like, that to me, quickly. It came across like that, how he was talking to her. 
that he was seeing something and he knew that he could say this stuff. Yeah. It's just because there's been so many dumb moments where they've rushed in in this series. Like, it just made me a bit, like, gun-shy about this. But I think you're probably right. I've got a feeling that we might find out that she's actually carrying the Dax symbiont. That would be interesting. Now, what we have now we have done that, like, the look at the sphere data, and it tells them it's a massively long-lived. But she's there, and she does something to their control panel. Like nine hundred and odd year old technology, yeah. And I think she's getting the information from the symbiote, yeah. Even though she's not communicating properly with symbiotes, <laughs> she knows about the last, the last hope, the admiral, yeah. Uh, but she isn't aware of who all the other hosts are. But I think she's getting information and sort of yeah. how to do things. I think that's and the I implication. Think she's able to do what she did on Discovery to like block all the transporters. And I wonder if we're going to find out that she's carrying Dax. I, I, I know what you're saying. I think you're right about her definitely getting the info from the symbiote. But if it's Dax, that's just too... Oh, I don't know. I kind of hope it isn't. That seems a bit too much. We have a little well, no, well, if she's got him, if she knows how to do stuff on a ship from like the 23rd century because of a symbiote, that'd fit in because we know that the Dax symbiote was about 200 years old when Jadzi was carrying it. I'm not saying timeline it does work, but I'm just saying like Dax is not the only symbiote. It would just be a bit too much for me. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. But like, it wouldn't surprise me for them to do that by it was Dax. It wouldn't oh, me, so but I, I have a feeling it won't be. Um, I, think it, I think it could be just for that bit of familiarity no, to be, the audience. I, I would be happy if it was, but I'm not sure. I mean... I think when they said I can't access the memories, we know that Trills can do this. Did they call it the Jantara, where you reconnect with all the old hosts? So if I had to guess where we're going next week, I'd say we're we're going to Trill, and we're going to do some form of the Jantara to put Adira in touch with. We did see them go to like the Trill pools, didn't we? Yeah. In the early trailers. So I'm thinking that that's where we're going. We're going to do something along the lines of the Jantara to put her in touch with the previous hosts, and that'll tie into this Admiral. And yeah, I'm liking where we're I going. Like that. So that's. I like that theory. I think next week, yeah, I would probably we're going to go to trail. I think we're going to start on a trail of breadcrumbs about yeah. the Federation. Start, like every episode, this is how they should do it, in all fairness. I want to hear a bit more about the Federation. Maybe see a ship out there which is the Federation. Like it doesn't have to be the whole Federation, even the ship that's been cut off. I just want I want to see one futuristic Starfleet ship. We're gonna get yeah, that. Like, we're gonna like get that. That view that we got that Burnham did. Like I've seen some uh, shot shots of it, and none of their models are done very high detail. No, they're not. So the the cat you can't zoom in on them. No, and get a really good view of. Of them, you know, and I'm, deliberately like, so. Good digital, you good. But yeah, these no. have been it, they've been done really sloppily. Yeah, well, I th- I think this is getting into the the technical side of it, but I think somebody did a like I think it might have been on the same group, so in the same modeling group you are, but they said like these are actually two D assets that they've yeah. used rather than a three D render, so that's yeah. why they're not as clear. So. Yeah, I was watching uh, Trek Works by Steve with Steve Foley, and he's big in modelling, and he was uh, going over it, and they were talking about it being two D, and yeah, that there's not a lot of detail there, and and even when they was zooming in, they were having to speculate about what type, what the ships were, 
just quickly before I switch off the banner. Any theories, Nicola? No, no, please do. I'm fine. Okay, that's we're, we're out of theories. We're out of theories for next week. <laughs> yeah, I think that more or less wraps us up for this episode. As we said, it finishes with them obviously on Earth, and we get the nice scene. And I yeah, found we have like the Marauders who've been attacking Earth. Uh, Earth hasn't been talking to them. The Marauders haven't been talking to Earth. They've just been trying to steal lithium every time. Yeah. And then we find out that it's actually an Earth colony on Titan, that things have gone wrong, so they're having to come stealing. And all it took was them to sit down and talk for a minute and everything happy again. And you've yeah. got them to, they, they're coming back together. And that's why I think a lot of this season is going to be <laughs> reconnecting people yeah it's going to be discovery groups and discovery helping people to build bridges which will hopefully lead to us getting some semblance of the federation back by the end just two two things just very quickly to round it off though uh one thing is that they come all that way they finally get to earth and berm's going no i think i'll stay aboard the ship well, actually, no. I I was fine. I was fine with. I didn't have a problem with Burnham staying on the ship because all they've gone down to Earth for is. I'm assuming they've only gone down for half an hour, an hour to be down to one place as a group. They haven't got a lot of time on Earth, and Burnham isn't wouldn't have that if it was Vulcan. She probably would want to go visit the yeah. surface, but she I, hasn't I, got. She didn't go to Starfleet Academy. She went to the uh, Vulcan Science. Didn't she go to Starfleet Academy afterwards? She's no. no, no, no. She went straight to the Shenzhou. She went straight, straight oh, to the Shenzhou. Yeah. So she hasn't, she hasn't got the connections that all the rest of the bridge crew have to Starfleet Academy. She, I know. she didn't go there. Her, her recollection of Earth is um, a court martial. <laughs> being thrown <laughs> <in> <laughs> Nick. She doesn't have Does to be she really want to go back to that? She doesn't have to be going back for the uh, academy, but that's Starfleet headquarters as well. Like you think she's been talking about Starfleet, and we are Starfleet, and we are the Federation, and then they get back to Federation, <laughs> you know, home birthplace, and she's going, nah. So you're thinking from like, a, oh, I'd love to see, I'd love. Oh, well, you know, yeah, I mean, she must have been there at one point, just because she yeah, didn't go to Starfleet Academy. I don't think. I think it's like Saru. Like Saru did go to Starfleet Academy, so I'm surprised he didn't go down. I but think I could, I could actually see it. I could understand why Burnham didn't have the burning need to go down and, and see something familiar on Earth. I because think she isn't. She won't associate herself as being from Earth. She associates herself as being from Vulcan. I think and she's also all doing was the work visiting like this United Earth Defense Force headquarters or anything. They were going down to see something familiar and. She doesn't have that on Earth. True. I mean, I think she was also showing a bit of solidarity with Saru. Like, Saru doesn't have the reason to beam down because he's not from Earth. So she's like, I'm your first officer. I'm going to stay up here with yeah, you so you're not like, alone. I, I, I assume that he had to go through Starfleet Academy. Mm. But Bernard yeah, didn't I... go through that. So Starfleet Academy is going to be there for four years based on Earth. So he wouldn't have a time of memories living there. He was. Yeah, yeah, they picked up from the planet and then instantly became a first officer, apparently. No, it wasn't instant. There was a time jump. Oh, it was a few years out. Like, he he certainly seems to have gone through the ranks pretty darn quick. But the other point I was going to make is also you get that pan out from uh, the academy slash the headquarters. 
sees a Golden Gate Bridge, which is lovely, but it's sort of like all I could think of the way through is like, yeah, but that's just a building now. That's <laughs> you know, that's just yeah, like, well, it's yeah. not Starfleet Academy. It's like a Starbucks, yeah, and it, it's that. Well, it's it's like from Picard, and it looks like it's covered in solar panels. But we know how they power everything. Oh, we've seen things how they power things, and and would they really be relying on the Golden Gate Bridge covered in solar panels? I think. It, <laughs> I did. <laughs> solar panels don't actually generate <laughs> as much power as what you told. Ah, but future yeah. solar panels do. Yeah. <laughs> my mum has uh, solar panels. But I think I think it'd probably be more more likely to be open as a monument to visit than closed because it's got solar panels on. I bet you it. can still visit it. Well, it got closed because when them apes tried to take over the earth, there was a big battle on it. So <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, I was just going to say my mum's got solar panels on her house, and I think that it was like, oh, that's great because I think the light goes on and then everything's free because it's powered up. However, it's it's like years and years before like 30 years time to actually see any sort of like payback on her. Oh yeah, it's a rate come. She's yeah. now in late, you know, she's now 80. So she's never going to get... Why is it 30 years? I think it was so silly. It's it because the panels months. cost so much that yeah. it, it doesn't sort of pay off for a long, long time, no. but it's a weird one. Yeah, to pay for themselves. Yeah, it's an odd... An odd thing. So I, I, a lot, a lot of people in our neighbourhood have solar panels, and I sort of, I thought, oh, do, do, should we be getting them? Then I had a look at it, I was like, no. Um, yeah, but you, yeah, if you're in your seventies, nearly eighties, you're she's not going to get the benefit of just, just to be really nerdy. I do know that they used to get a better rebate now, which is yeah. why it takes so long, probably because I think it used yeah. to be a lot more. Oh, yeah, it used to be yeah, anyway. Yeah. So we'll we'll do a full podcast on solar panels at some point, but we'll should we leave this one here then? I think we've more or less covered everything and we're Yeah. Has anyone got any any final thoughts on Discovery Episode three before we go? Uh, I think we've covered most of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we definitely chewed the hell out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back next week then with episode four. But thank you again, Dr. Squee, Ambassador Nicola. Yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. If you want to get in touch in the meantime, we're on Facebook. Search for Retrek on Facebook. You can tweet us at RetrekPod, uh, or you can email us RetrekPod at gmail.com. But <laughs> thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye. Fascinating.